I should note that I'm doing this on a PC for the first time ever, like a like plebeians. Oh, it might work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that last podcast where my audacity just stopped recording yeah. as any judge. No, <laughs> that's, true. that's no. a good point. My like. 10-year-old iMac is still hanging tough. It records audio really good. <laughs> Has one job. Pretty much. It sits Has here. one Steve job. It sits here and plays some video occasionally. And then also apparently just sits with the Rufus Street Fighter wiki page open. Because I looked that up at some point and I've just left it on the screen. <laughs> He was the very fat kung fu man in Street Fighter 4. You never know when you need that. Uh, Better just keep it open. It, right. it was very important that I remember the name of the fat guy from Street Fighter 4. <laughs> That's probably exactly what you Googled. It was. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's probably been open for about two weeks now. <laughs> because why not? So uh, welcome everyone to FuchsiaCast number 64. Hello. Hi. Hi. We like to leave things on our monitors for long periods of time, I think. What's what's your oldest tab you have open right now? Slack. (laughs) Because I run an alpha browser. That's probably true. Slack is almost always open on... One of my I computers. I have the, uh, the desktop app. Yeah, I had Same. that for a while and I uninstalled it. I have that on my MacBook upstairs, but down here I just run it out of a web page. So. I like how you have a different Mac for every single <laughs> task. Uh, for, that's how it, that's how you do it. You have to get a different Mac for every single thing you want to do. One for each floor. My iPad yep. is up in. <laughs> The bedroom, the MacBook Pro mainly stays on the main floor, and then the iMac lives down here. You know, the iPad's supposed to be portable. I'm just pointing that out. I mean, it's basically a tiny TV for my room. Yeah. That's how that works. Anyway, we're Bottle Fuchsia. You can find all of our content at bottlefuchsia.com, streams at mixer.com slash bottlefuchsia, videos and archives of streams at youtube.com slash bottlefuchsia, Facebook and Twitter at Bottled Fuchsia. We have a lot of E3 stuff sitting up there. So if you haven't watched the press conferences, you can watch them with us. And play bingo. And play yep. bingo. <laughs> On the Fuchsia cast tonight, we have Nanners. Hello. Aaron. Hey. Katie. Hey there. Kay. Hi. Brady. Hi. And I am John. Con man is missing. Don't say it We're like that. <laughs> Curled up in a ball somewhere in New York. Right. We first day in the new office. In good company. Yeah, first day in the new office, so I'm sure he's somewhere being very excited about the end of his day. Oh, yeah, the end of it. Yes, right. definitely. Right. So... I guess I'm going to just kick this off with we may as well get the division talk out of the way. Yes. It's all your yeah. fault, John. Wait, did you guys get the division too? No, just we only got the, the first one. Yeah. The, oh, no. I, I meant also. As well? As well. That's what I meant. <laughs> good grammar. I signed up for the beta. It was good grammar. I of the also division too. signed up for the beta. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> So yeah, this did you do that through the prompt in the first game? Like it, it yeah. pops up the thing. <laughs> I uh, did anyways. I was like, okay, sure. Here's my yeah, email. right. <laughs> uh, I did after their E3. Like it showed yeah. up at E3. I saw that they were taking signups. I was like, I'll do this. Sure, why not? Anyway, uh, the Steam sale is happening, and the Division was a game that I liked, and now 
it's ten dollars. It was ten dollars. Maybe it still is ten dollars. Still ten dollars. Still it $10. should be. Yeah. If you're listening to this while it's ten dollars, it's still ten dollars. Yep, <laughs> is factually correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So because it's ten dollars, I managed to convince everyone else to buy it. <laughs> there is a six-hour trial. Yep, which helped. Yep. You said that, and I didn't know how to find that, and then I was just like, "Fuck it, ten dollars." Uh, yeah, you have to scroll down a bunch, and it's like below the description. It was weird. I remember yeah. wondering where it was, and it being a little hard to find. The and middle of yeah. the Steam page yep. is like a banner. So, to click. yep. So okay. it's funny that that's where your breaking point was. Mine was I found <laughs> it. I started the download, saw it was like forty gig, and went fuck that. I'm just gonna buy it for ten dollars if I'm downloading forty <laughs> gig. I'm like I'm not gonna download this twice. Because I don't know how the upgrade works or whatever. It was pretty seamless. It's quite nice. <laughs> yep. It was like a 150 meg patch that it downloaded, and then it was just there. Okay, I wasn't. And that sh- might have been DLC. I don't know how that worked. I wasn't sure if it was just going to be like, okay, now download the real game. So yeah, like start a new character and do all this other crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for ten dollars, I just pulled the trigger. Uh, so the division is still a game I like a lot. So, would you say you like it more with people? It makes it a lot better. <laughs> right. You didn't have people before. No. I played... That was on the PS4? Right. Uh, and that was probably about two years ago at this point. So, The Division, like Destiny, is kind of an MMO light. I fear for when we hit Endgame because it apparently just drops off a cliff worse than Destiny does. So. Oh, God. But, um... Hey, it was ten dollars. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> it is way more fun with people. Um, I'm excited to build my base up again. Uh, there's you basically are dropped in New York. Everything has gone wrong because of the what was the dollar flu or whatever they yeah. call yep. it. In right the from Black Friday, yep. they. There were germs on dollars, I guess. Right. So you have to... Because suspe- everybody uses cash. You have to suspend your disbelief <laughs> and pretend people still use cash for things. Right. <laughs> um, but I I like to think the people who are doing their shopping in person on Black Friday at this point probably are the people who use cash still. <laughs> they don't have the internet. <laughs> right. Because why they would you not stay at Crank home? their Edsels and drive down to the city. Their burlap sacks with a dollar sign on it. Get their cash out and buy presents. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, it it plays generally like a lot of Tom Clancy games, I think. Um, it lets you group up into groups of four, go out, pick mission, shoot lots of the terrorist baddies, and rinse, repeat. Yep. Uh, but it is probably the closest game I've found in that series that has felt like Vegas to me. I don't know if anyone else has played Rainbow Six, Vegas 1 and 2. But yes. They're quite good. Yeah. This game reminds me of that. I don't know if you get that same kind of feeling, Brady. A little bit, especially when the guys yell the same things over and over. <laughs> they got <laughs> Alex. It reminds me of Vegas a lot. Yeah. Alex. Man, they were all named Alex. Alex. Yeah. There are a lot of Alexes. I'm excited to have a game that isn't PUBG that everyone is willing to play as well. Like, Yeah. I think the timing of all that... Uh, season pass stuff helped with PUBG. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, the last time I logged in that I guess kind of gross. I guess that was kind of new even for you guys when I dropped in that one night. Yeah, I think it just dropped that night. Oh, did it that day? Okay. Yeah. Uh I don't PUBG has all kinds of chests and pay to get keys to open them and like it's bad now. I don't. Yeah. I don't like anything they seem to be doing. Is that not all cosmetic though? Yep. It is, but it's it's but it is gross in a way. The rest of that game has not been so far. Like it's very aggressive in the way it puts that stuff in your face. Well, so and also, so your two options when you get enough currency are get a random chest which has a chance of being locked, or get the chest that's locked. So you play the game to get the points, and then you 
spend the points to get the chess, which are your only reward and kind of incentive to continue to play over and over and do well. So they're locking your any progression or like any reward behind money for the most part now. Well, wait, wouldn't you say that your incentive to keep playing is to make all those Twitch dollars? That's what everybody does with that game, right? No, that's... Nobody uh, plays it for fun. Everybody plays it to broadcast. That's Fortnite, Aaron. No one... Well, that too. I'm still uh, up for Group Stardew, if if people (laughs) want to go back to that. I would play more Group Stardew as well. I feel like... I would. I, I broke the chain on the Switch to, like, I will log in every now and then versus I was spending a lot of hours playing Stardew on my Switch like a few weeks ago. But yeah, I was trying to think of like tasks and quests and fun things we could do as like a group in that game. So That's what you have to do in that game because once you kind of meet the end game, there's not a lot of reason to keep going. Yeah, there's no end game. Yeah, there there is no end game really. It's farm forever, so, just like Harvest Moon. Then <laughs> your profit could always be more. Uh, yeah. So the the thing I found when we were playing Stardew is while it was fun to play together, it was like everyone was just playing separately, and it happened to be on the same farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. having tasks and or like different jobs or roles or something might be kind of fun to play it that way. Uh, I'll still be up yeah, for just, it, though. I mean, you're still chatting and being social and catching up with each other while you play, which is part of the pull for me. Yep. So, I'll go to Brady. What else, other than Division, have you been up to? Well, also on the Steam sale, I got Nino Kuni 2. That's a game I should go back to. It's really good. It is really I'm good. I'm surprised. Did you play the first one? No. Okay. I know nothing of the series other than this one. I don't even know if this ties into the first. I have the first one on uh, PS3, and I played it for five minutes. From what I have read, it does not. So you can go into two without knowing anything about one, and it's still, it's fine. The president's still got a gun. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I did the demo at PAX, and all I know is higgly pigglies. Those are also things. There is a a lot of nonsense words in that game. It's a pretty solid action jrpg i guess um and there's some like kingdom building and it reminded me of dark souls and then uh actually made by the same company level five okay so i think that's why it's so reminiscent of those games and i loved the dark souls games or dark souls uh dark cloud okay i was, I was say, hoping you were yeah. gonna say dark cloud and then when you said dark souls i was like oh i haven't played that i love dark cloud too brady we should yeah have dark a, souls we should not have so a much conversation about that sometime. nice yeah i was in my brain like trying to tie dark souls to nino cooney i was like <laughs> I, there's there's kingdoms yeah, they are i guess the hardest world, world building ever <laughs> frozen tuna is now a weapon the higgledy piggledies have died <laughs> Uh, and the other game I also got on the Steam sale, um, Full Metal Furies. Ooh. It, it's, it looks like furries every time. I was going to say, I read it as furries in my <laughs> I, brain. I feel like it's hurting their sales. Like, <laughs> seriously. Uh, but it is a very fun game. Um, it's kind of like a mix between Rogue Legacy and uh, Castle Crashers, I guess. Okay. So there's co-op and you guys should get it. Yeah. I think I've seen that game, but I can't remember. It's made by the Rogue Legacy people. Oh, okay. Oh. But uh it's not really a roguelike, I guess. It's more of a you know, straight story that you build on like the Rogue Legacy uh, you know, stuff outside of a run. I think that's building up your tower and my- shit favorite kind of are those the rogue lights the ones that you slowly build up over time stuff because those are the ones i like the best i like feeling like i'm getting better or adding to something with each run yeah there's some progression outside of each individual run right yes okay how about you what have you been up to 
really just The Division and Frostpunk. I also picked up Frostpunk. Uh, I was ousted as dictator after four days in my first run. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. I, I did not get the coal right away, and they wanted oh, me okay. to get the coal right away. Uh, my second yeah, that's run how was... you keep warm. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were fine. Just burn the children. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Could probably sign a, that as a law, right? Eventually. Yeah. So are you enjoying it so far after hearing a bunch about it as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wish I had more time to play it because every time I go to play it, uh, Brady's like, hey, you want to pew pew? And I'm like, damn it. These, these starving orphans will have to wait another day. But uh, so yeah. cold. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said they'll still be freezing and starving when you get back to yeah. it later. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that is... game does sound interesting to me. Like I, I don't usually get on game trends. I usually play stuff like five years before it comes out. But hearing all you guys talk about how miserable and challenging it is makes me want to try it. Yeah, the it is very much a. I started to feel like I had a handle on the situation, and the game just like kicks you in the face every time that happens like the game does something like some event takes place where it just like you pummel it again yep like oh boy and ever since then i feel like i can't regain my footing again so i don't know uh it's a game that you definitely will play and fail and then restart and feel better about your next run i think yes so it's not super discouraging then. It's like you want to play it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like learning Civ. Like yes. the first couple times you play Civ, you're like, I'm doing great. And then, you know, Mongolia comes in and you die. It is very much like that. And it does not start you on the right difficulty either. It starts you on like normal or something. I should probably drop the difficulty. <laughs> yeah. To, to just just to learn like yes yeah for sure but yeah it's very much like that sieve where you play and then you lose but you feel like you have a better grasp on everything so it's like next time i start i'm gonna do this this and this and it's gonna like be a way better start and then something else will go terribly terribly wrong because that's how that game works So, Kitty, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, I haven't played a lot new lately other than the second Gabriel Knight game, which after we, you know, enjoyed the first one despite uh, some of the things I had to say about Gabriel's character, it was a pretty cool game. Uh, So we were looking forward to the other two in the series, but we did not realize right away that the second one is a full motion video game. Yeah. Jewel of the 90s. I (laughs) certainly just Googled that and was like, very yep. happy to see that it was an FMV game. <laughs> yep. Um, you will see a lot of sequences of people sitting in chairs and adjusting their jackets or clothing because it's important for the story <laughs> that you well, see these scenes. supposed to build like kind of a realistic scene. Like you're right. supposed to feel like you're actually like watching these characters in real time. Yeah. You're not. In, in real life, <laughs> you don't stop everything you're doing to watch a guy sit in a chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's interesting, instead of being in New Orleans asking people about voodoo, we're in Germany asking people about werewolves. (laughs) It's not really drawing me in the way the first one did story-wise yet, Um, which is disappointing because we're a couple hours into it already. But it does have a lot of like conversational-level German in it without subtitles. So that's really been the most fun part for me, is Hmm. sitting there telling Aaron what people are saying. Um, in terms of the actual gameplay, it seems like they pared down the adventure gaminess of it a lot. The You have fewer things you can do. There are fewer objects to interact with on the screens. But they introduced a really convoluted um, tape deck system where like you have he's got like a a little mini recorder on him the little mini tape recorder mm-hmm. and a lot of the important conversations you have with other characters uh they automatically get recorded and then to solve some of the puzzles you have to splice conversations together to create a tape with something somebody didn't say and then use that to like 
convince someone that yeah you have to make fake news yeah you have to make fake news and it's like so you're cutting it together like macaulay culkin in home alone 2 <laughs> yes yes exactly like that. with his talk back yeah yeah it's it's exactly it. talk. yeah so the um objections i had about gabriel's character in the first game about him being sort of a raging sexist to the point that it was like every sentence he would say to any woman was some kind of comment on her is her appearance or what he would like to do to or with her in the second game that's way toned down but oddly his assistant who in the first game was kind of like the charming cynic in that you know he would say something about her legs and she would just be say whatever gabriel or as opposed to falling all over him like the other women in the game seem to in this one she's just become like psychotically obsessed with him to the point that she finds out that he has a new research assistant and flies from New Orleans to Germany to scream at this woman and then basically insists on stalking Gabriel. Yeah, she's like the crazy ex-girlfriend Even now. Even after he told her like it's not safe here, don't come here, take care. I need you to stay at the store in New Orleans to take care of it. And she's just running around yelling at everybody because she's convinced that they're somehow going to take Gabriel away from her, even though they're not together, and she always said she didn't like him. So, I don't know if it's that confusing 90s rom-com character. Of, it's a it's a very 90s take yeah, on how, how women be. to yeah. hate you, but really that means she loves you, yep. which is weird. So yeah, I don't know if I recommend it yet. <laughs> All I can say is that I'm playing it. And it's FMV. I mean, that's kind of a selling point, the FMV. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I grew up in the 90s with this, and it, it, every time I see it, it, it does make me smile because it's so cheesy and no, terrible. Play, play American Girls Premiere if you want to no, see yeah, the you, best FMV. You, you do enjoy that game. That game's amazing. There aren't enough new games that are FMV. That there aren't any. Mm. We, we missed our, our golden opportunity with Command & Conquer. Sounds like plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are a few every now and then. There was Command like Conquer what, the, was fun, but that's the, that Xbox one, the Quantum Break or something. Like that's like the last. No, that it wasn't even. Ha- it FMV. has to be that a was... TV tie-in. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, how about you, Aaron? What have you been up to? Uh, yesterday, uh, Luminous came out. Luminous remastered, and I I've confirmed that's how you're supposed to pronounce that. Ever since it came out in like what 2006, I I called it Lumines, but oh. it's Luminous apparently. Yeah. It's- Luminous. That, yep. So that makes Luminous, way more sense. Yes. Luminous Remastered came out for every system. I got it on the Switch, and uh, that is a game that you can lose hours to. Just, it, it's a, you know, a, a block stacking puzzle game, but not quite Tetris, kind of like Tetris. It's got a uh, tie-in with its soundtrack, so like when you're manipulating the blocks and moving them around, it kind of makes sound effects that go along with whatever track is playing. Uh, the current track and skin changes depending on the mode you're playing and what, how many points you've scored. So it'll change what the actual music is and what the blocks look like. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's very entrancing, and it's I, I don't know. I, I enjoy it a lot. A feature they added for the Switch version. I don't know if any of the other versions do this. Um, you can turn on uh, vibration that. Uh, actually vibrates to the beat of the music for the Joy-Cons. And I've been playing it in handheld mode with the Joy-Cons attached to the system with this on. So the entire thing is just vibrating to the the beat of the music while I'm playing the game. And uh, it, it's stupid, but it's cool. Uh, I enjoy it. I feel like, uh, my, it also, I feel like my hmm? Switch would just sound like rattling metal. Because that's it. That's, that's all it sounds like, yeah. but it's still, it's still cool. <laughs> um... But also, it, it runs the battery down pretty quickly doing that. I played for about 40 minutes earlier with that on, and it took out 25% of the battery just in that. It's not a graphically intensive game. It's a it's more or less a 2D game with a whole bunch of um, like particle effects and whatnot. But yeah, that, that rumble. <laughs> I kind yeah, that's... Uh, I kind of want to pick that up, but I think I have enough switch things right now so it will probably be a when i'm i feel like i have random times where i just look through this switch shop to like find yeah. something and i feel like that the next time that happens is when i'll end up buying luminous 
Yeah, it's only fifteen dollars, so it's that's an easy purchase. Yep. But yeah, that the division and uh Oh yeah, I picked back up on Fallout four after seeing all the Fallout seventy six stuff from E three. I kind of wanted to go back to it. Uh I mentioned on previous podcasts that I'd never really played any of the Fallout games, so four was my first one. And I know wow. you guys were we're pretty lukewarm slash cold on it because you everybody loves New Vegas. Apparently, that's apparently yeah. the the best one. And I've I've never played that one, so I went back to four just to give it another shot. I enjoyed what I had played before. I just uh, d- didn't stick with it. So now I'm I'm progressing with the main quest, which is what nobody does in that game. Nope, that's how I tried to play it, it, it and yeah. that's how I got bored of it. I think <laughs> because yeah, it seems I, like the most boring part of that game. It's, yeah, it, it, the writing's weird. Like, everything's kind of weirdly convenient and far-fetched. And then you're like, okay, well, suspension of disbelief. Like, this is post-apocalyptic, sort of 1950s Boston in the the future, 200 years in the future. So, like, I can't really complain about realism. But, I don't know, some of it's just like... Uh, I still have major issues with that main storyline being so, like, against Fallout game, like, what Fallout games are. So, what I've heard is Fallout games are supposed to be, like, just about isolation, I guess, and, like, you're just, just like, alone wa- in this... Yeah, and, like, wander around, find the guy, do the thing for the guy, because you're just, like, wandering around all these areas. There's plenty of that, but, Th- like, there's... There is, but the main story doesn't, like... It's at odds well, with that. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, for starters, your character, the the survivor, um, gets uh, frozen at the be- at the beginning of the game and wakes yep. up uh, after the war. I assume in the other games that's not the case. Like you're actually playing somebody who's uh, like a legit vault dweller. Is that is that the case? Um. So I mean, in in three, well, so in Fallout One. You're a vault dweller that's already like an adult. In yeah. three, you actually start out the game as a baby, and you run around oh. for a while as a baby, and then you have like a few scenes as a teenager, and then you're an adult. Um, New Vegas, you wake up in a ditch, and then yeah, four, you're frozen. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, the character itself like is coming from the time period before the war and being dumped into the, the time period after the war. It sounds like everybody else like kind of grew up with you know the wasteland being what it is well pretty much i think it's supposed to be more jarring for this this character but like they adapt extremely quickly anyway because it's you the vaults are supposed to work is they were like basically like frozen or unlocking at random years like random intervals and that's when people stumbled back out into the world well in in this one a lot of the um terminals they make it sound like this was a one-off, like, just an experiment that's freezing the people. Like, this was a... Nobody knew it was going to, to happen. Uh, your your character definitely didn't know that was going to happen when they got led up to the vault. Yeah. So I, it kind of sounded like this was the only one where that was happening. No. So there are experimental vaults, and then there are control vaults. Most of the ones that you find are controls, or are experiments. Right. So... So in the control ones, it's just people in there and living, but they yep. still are like opening at random intervals to go back uh, out into the world. They're supposed to open when like an all clear is given. I think that's part of the plot of three. It sounds like Vault Tech itself gets wiped out at some point, though. That so... is, I think, actually going to get covered in the new game in seventy six. Okay, yeah. So that's the thing. Like all these vault dwellers are waiting for an all clear that never comes. Yep. Right, I think seventy six was supposed to be your, like one of the first vaults that actually opens. Mm-hmm. Then you find yeah, then, all the people, yeah, and you do all the multiplayer, and you get all the new codes and blow each other up. There were petitions already to remake Fallout seventy six as a game, like with AI characters, and um, make it a more traditional Fallout game. Because people refuse to accept the game that isn't the game they want. So Yeah, that's there's a lot of that these days. That's how I felt about the Old Republic. I was like, can we just make a Knights of the Old Republic four, but you know, three. 
four, three. How many? Three. 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 <laughs> they had plenty of story in that game that they could have done a bunch yeah. of other games with. But yeah. So I, I mean, I, I get that mindset, but yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to remake the game. No, that's not going to happen. It's Bethesda. They're going to make the game that they're going to make, and you're going to play it or you're not, and they're not going to it, care. They're not going to care. Andrew WK is going to sing a song about it, and that's it. Who cares? Because don't worry, everyone. If you don't like what Fallout 76 is, Fallout 5 will happen at some point. Can we get a logo for that? Uh, maybe, that's all the rage these maybe, days. Just show us a logo. I mean, maybe next year. They don't have much maybe they can announce. So They don't. Starfield and, and Elder Scrolls Six with the logos. Yeah, they blasted off both of their feet. With they've got they've not can, got nothing left to show. You can do that in Fallout, right? Like that's a thing. Probably. Uh. So Nanners, how about you? What have you been up to? I've actually been playing Fallout Four in VR. <laughs> Whoa. Yep. How is it? So this is your second time around on that game, right? So I bought it when it first came out and returned it like two hours later um, because it was bad. It was really bad. And this time around, I've installed like half a dozen mods, which help a lot. Um, So it's it's fine. It's fun to walk around in. It's still... Wait, you said it doesn't help a lot? It does help a lot. Okay. The mods do help Installed quite the, a bit. the most, most <laughs> unhelpful mods yeah. he could Sorry, find. I heard him say <laughs> that it doesn't help a lot, and I just... Carry yeah. On. So, uh, it, it does things like it improves some of the draw distance uh, issues, some of the pop-in issues. I mean, the thing is, it's still Fallout. So, like, I get out of the vault, I'm walking along, everything's going great, I find dog meat. Dog meat just freaking clips through the world and starts, like, teleporting around, and it's like, well... All right, cool. Thanks, Fallout. <laughs> so you feel um, right at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like my house where, you know, dogs teleport through the floors. <laughs> that could potentially happen there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've seen it happen there. So I basically installed a few mods which, like, make it into more of a shooter and less of an RPG. Because especially when you're actually aiming the gun physically and you take a shot and the shot, like, goes off to the right far instead of straight. It feels kind of shitty. Um, so there's a mod that makes all the guns way more accurate. So it's actually based on your skill at shooting. That um, sounds like hacks. Yeah, well... Yeah, that sounds like... So the accuracy is supposed to be part of the RPG stat, so it sounds like it just overrides that. It's like, no, this gun's going to fire where it's going to... Yeah, it's pointing yeah, pretty much. I imagine that mod is... The stat is at 100 or something. Yeah. yeah. Or close right. to it. Because, yeah. like, they, they still divert a little bit, but it's not as much, which... It is kind of experience breaking when you're like trying to run away from something and then like turning around and shooting behind your back and your bullets are just like going off to the left and it's like, <laughs> come on, like, I don't know. Um, it does make it a lot more about skill and then like, you know, if your hand actually shakes when you're trying to shoot a sniper rifle at a distance, like that is something you have to think about versus, oh, it's just steady because I'm using a mouse. So, and, and well, then this random dice will roll and tell me if I hit. Exactly. Right. But that game was such a mess when it shipped. Like, the scopes didn't work. They had scopes on, you know, you, you can have scopes. The scopes literally didn't zoom in. They were just solid tubes that you'd, like, stare at. Toilet paper rolls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The gun. Um, so it's better. Um, I'm playing it a lot differently than most times when i play a fallout game because usually i'm a pack rat and like inventory management in vr is even less fun than in normal playing of that game so i'm just already so bad yeah i'm just picking up what i want throwing away everything else and not worrying about it and we'll see how that goes when you say throwing away can you actually pick things up and just like toss them around in that game or yeah yeah so much like all the other games built on that engine, I guess Skyrim lets you do it too. But you can just like kind of pick up and drag everything and like throw it around. So I grabbed a rad roach and was like swinging around and threw it at <laughs> another one. And it's I don't know if it did damage or not. I don't think so. I don't think the game actually is equipped for that sort of thing. But it did throw a battery, like a car battery, at someone, and they seemed 
not too pleased about that, so I think it worked. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of the most exciting thing I think I've been playing other than the Division. Did you finish God of War yet? Nope. Finish God of War. <laughs> yeah, well, I have another like 40 hours I need to play of that, so... I mean, technically, you could beat the game in 40 hours, but also, knowing your play style, then yes, you'll need... Listen, I gotta kill all those pigeons. I mean, ravens. Use a guide for that. Yeah. And also do it at the end. Yeah. I'll get there. Yeah, it's far easier. So, other than the division of Frostpunk, uh, I picked up Mario Tennis Aces. And it's the least a, tennis-like tennis game. Yeah, I mean, the tennis in it, when you're actually playing tennis, is a lot of fun. The single-player story feels like a very extended tutorial that I, I kind of tore through the first day I got the game, other than two missions. Like, I had the boss battle at the end, and there was one other one that just made me mad. And then today at lunch, I tore through both of those in like 20 minutes. So I think it was just like fatigue from playing too much of it in one sitting and like stepping away from it and coming back. Uh, it was it was nicer. Um, but it has its goofy Mario story where there's a cursed racket and then... Wario and Waluigi are easily susceptible because they're greedy, so they took it. And then Luigi's just an idiot, so he took it from them. And then they become mummies, and you have to get power stones and go play tennis in random places. But all of the games of tennis that you play have like some sort of weird like modifier. Like, sometimes shy guys will walk by and just smack the ball back at you for no real reason. Sometimes there's a ship mast in the middle of the level and you can ricochet the balls off that. I don't I like just playing normal tennis. All that stuff is fine, but um I walked away my first day pretty angry at a lot of it and not really enjoying a ton of it, but uh, I'd rather get tennis and play Power Stone, I think, than play power get Power Stone to play tennis. Correct. <laughs> Did you play it online at all? Uh, I've done a little bit online. Uh, the tournament system is pretty well done. You can just hop into a tournament bracket, and it will always remember where you are in a tournament. So if you go in, you'll play, it'll search for someone else who is also in round one and match you with that. And then and when you get to round two, it'll search for someone in round two and match you with them. Uh, or you could like stop there and come back. And when you come back, it'll also, it, you just pick right up in a tournament. So it's not like no. finding 64 people and then you have to like keep playing until that tournament is done. It'll just like sort of save what round you're in and just keep matching you with people who are advanced that far, which is cool. The demo made me want to play real tennis. Just hearing the sounds and seeing the court and stuff, it didn't really make me want to play more Mario tennis. It just made me want to play tennis. I think I it wanted was the mummies and the ship mast that did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like tennis. some shy guys on the court. I think I want to do both. <laughs> I would like to play some real tennis and also play more Mario tennis at the same time. Can you achieve uh, that by detaching the Joy-Con and then yeah. running around your living room flailing it? Right, I could just put like wristbands on and put the Joy-Cons right. under those and then when I'm playing real tennis, I could also be playing Mario tennis. I haven't tried any of the Joy-Con stuff yet and I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm sure. Is there a cardboard would. tennis racket yet? Uh, I'm sure there will be one. Could I they, saw the Mario Kart. Yep. I was going to say, it's funny you say that because they added that to Mario Kart. Yeah. Isn't there some sort of like Labo thing that you could like make these? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Uh, like 
cardboard stuff. They oh, just did I a lot. I you were talking about like the Wii era level, like tennis oh, rackets. Oh, the like plastic. None of that was cardboard. The like plastic, very cheap plastic. Nyko nonsense that yeah. you just put those, your. Those did yeah. exist. Yeah. They did. They, they had a, like a whole set for sports. It, it was like a, a tennis racket and like a golf club, and like none of it was any good. Except Nintendo didn't sell those to you. They let no. other trashier yeah. companies sell them to you. So yeah, I'm enjoying Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, I I would be excited if more people had it to play some online, but uh, you can also do doubles online with two people on the same Switch, which is kind of neat. Uh, so. It sounds like it would be neat, but then you've got to coordinate, uh, I guess, communication. I was going to make a joke and say that, like, how how uh, relieved are you that there's no built-in, like, voice chat and you don't have to hear these people but then if you're doing doubles and that's obviously something you're you're going to want to be able to talk to somebody for. Yep. Well, it's on the he said it's on the same switch. So I think you're on the couch with your Oh, there's no online for that? For uh, I don't think so. Maybe oh, there is. Okay. I don't know. I haven't tried that. Oh. Um, I know a few people who have it but haven't played with any of them yet. So okay. we'll have to figure that out at some point. Uh, and I also fell down a hole and started playing Street Fighter V. And now this is sitting on my desk <laughs> again. My fight stick is back out. Very good. What are you playing it on? Uh, PC. PC, okay. Uh, some friends picked up Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition on the Switch which I told them is probably a like that's probably neat, but a poor purchase for the Switch. And I think they kind of agreed, and but it got the itch going, and they went back to Street Fighter V on PS4, which actually can crossplay with PC. So oh, that's oh, rare. Sony, I picked slow down. <laughs> yeah, so I picked it up on PC uh, because my. Fight sticks are all Xbox 360 stuff, so they just USB, plug right in, and they work nice. So. Nice. Uh, so I've been doing some of that when they're around. Uh, it's fun to have a fighting game that I am awful online. Like, people will fucking destroy me, but I feel like the people I play with are at a level that it's fun to you know, fuck around because sometimes they'll win, sometimes I'll win. Yeah. I really want Dragon Ball Fighters to like finish all their DLC so it can get cheap and I can buy it and get into that game again. Yeah, I just want the base game to come down further. It just hasn't hit the point where I'll pull the trigger yet. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of sales on that game. I th- it's on sale now, but like it's I don't know, thirty-five or something. It's it's not. It's not enough. Yeah, you'll have a while. Yeah. I'd say by the end of the year. Well, I don't know. I'm wondering if 30 is probably the lowest it'll drop this year. That might be. Um, I kind of want to get a hold of it before game of the year, because I, I really did enjoy it when we played it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I, price-wise, I could see that one hanging tough at 30, because it is pretty popular. I feel like Street yeah. Fighter, uh, when I picked up Street Fighter Five, like, I think, it where was a normal edition for 30 they got you most of the game and then the new dlc pack is like also 30 or 40 or mm. something like that i think the game was 40 and the dlc like season three pack was 30 oof yeah so it was kind of a heavy buy-in but i also had a gift card with some money that was going to go away at the end of june so that's why i picked up the dlc why not? But speaking of crossplay, so this thing with Fortnite has kind of bit Sony pretty hard at this point. Yeah. And I feel like the Switch release, like this was a known thing, but the Switch release shined a big old spotlight on it all over again. Right. Well, I, I mean, I imagine a lot of the audience for Fortnite be people that have Switches. And then, like, have it, everybody who has a Switch, like, you know, every game's got to be on it. I've got to be able to play every game on the Switch. Right. So getting Fortnite on there, of course, they're going to jump right on it. 
and be like, I, I got to play this here just to, at least to try it out. And lo and behold, you, you go on your Switch. If your Epic account has ever been tied to a PS4, it is permanently unusable on a Switch or an Xbox. Yep. And that was a known thing. There are some people who yeah. tried to bounce back and forth between their, uh, what was it, their Xbox and PS4? Because you, can you yeah. play it on PC if it's tied to? Yes. You, so the uh, cross-play is either PS4, PC, and mobile, or PC, mobile, Xbox, and Switch. Okay. So that's where the divide was. Yeah. But if you ever use that account on a PS4, it's that account's done. Right. You cannot go on an Xbox or Switch. Yeah. So, yeah, that became a big deal when it released on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, because I think the Switch's error message was basically a big old middle finger at Sony or the way, it says, the way they worded it. It says to contact Sony support. Right. Like, directly. Like the, it, Yeah. It's just like, we're tired of dealing with this from Xbox already. We're not dealing with this on the Switch. Well, what's interesting about that is uh, this is the third game that, you know, Sony's passed on crossplay for. Uh, Minecraft and Rocket League. Yep. Those work fine with the Switch and with uh, PC and I believe with Xbox. Minecraft, definitely. I'm pretty sure Rocket League, too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like... This is it. Sony's still dragging their feet on this. And, uh, I, I, I mean, the the major speculation is just that, I mean, they've got majority market share. So it's like, they don't have to. Why Why would they want to have crossplay? They've got the biggest user base. Why, why would they want to give anybody, you know, the ability to play a game they could play on the PS4 anywhere else? What's in... One of their responses came back as just like, well, you have 8 million other people that you could be playing with anyway. <laughs> it's just like, right. we're just going to humble brag over here about how many consoles we've sold. Yeah. Sony isn't looking super great with their... You know... Just it, their look on, like, treating players. So you know what it reminds me of, and I'm going to date myself here? Um... Uh, back in the the golden age, uh, when Nintendo was on top, um, they basically became notorious for uh, pissing off game makers and whatnot because uh, they insisted on licensing the cartridge uh, manufacturing uh, for the NES and the SNES. So coming out of that era, like a lot of people who made games hated Nintendo because like they insisted on like we have to produce these cartridges and you have to give us a like this. Some sort of ridiculous cut out of like all the the sales of a game. Mm -hmm. So when the PlayStation came out, Sony comes out. And they're like, "All right, we got this PlayStation. Uh, it's CD based. CDs are super cheap to make. Um, we're not going to do the Nintendo seal of quality thing. Just everybody make whatever game you want. We don't care. Just make whatever game. Put it. I don't care. Just put it out. So uh, the the PlayStation took off. It absolutely just like left Nintendo in the dust with its N sixty four and its cartridges. And, uh, like, I, I feel like we've reached the, like, full circle on that. Like, now Sony's got their, their online kind of, they refer to it as online uh, ecosystem. Uh, but, like, they're trying to keep it locked down. They're trying to keep all these players locked down and locked in. They're like, no, no, you play you play games here on the PlayStation. This is where you play them. Right. And, like, it, it's kind of the opposite is now happening. Everyone else is like, no, no, play games wherever. And Just yeah. And, like, their main thing was they didn't want to give people the ability to use, like, cosmetics that they yeah, may and... have purchased through Xbox on their system. Yeah. Like, how yeah, you don't fucking get... hand-grubby, like, does that <laughs> make you sound? Like, I know it's Fortnite and it's a lot of money, but you're probably going to make a lot more people happy and probably get more money out of it by just pulling the trigger and letting this happen mm -hmm. like well the the playstation 4's success i feel like is largely based off of the capitalization of a bad look after xbox and their uh always on can't share games thing and then jack Triton very happily was like ah you can play games how you always used to play them on the ps4 oh look we we won the, the this console generation everybody bought a ps4 by doing like, nothing by doing nothing and it's like, now you've got the bad look. How are you going to handle this? By doing nothing. 
by doing nothing. Right. Well, supposedly, uh, very recently, I, like like twelve hours ago, they put out a statement that said uh, they're looking at possibilities. They're they're considering a solution. I don't. So I. Uh, the answer is tell Epic to make it so because they accidentally made it so already. <laughs> Fort- that, is that a thing? Did that happen? Yeah, uh, Fortnite was one of the. Ga- it was the game that accidentally let everyone cross play for a brief period of time, and was like, oh. "Oops, whoops, we didn't mean to do that. Sorry, nothing to see I here." Thought right. that was Rocket League? I thought it was Fortnite. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was before Fortnite. Fortnite. They, I, yeah. yeah, they were both of those things are the cross play things. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bad look. And I understand the reasoning, but it's a bad look. Well, yeah, it's going to alienate the kid that chose PS4 over, you know, Xbox or PC. Mm-hmm. He's now going to not like well, Sony. Yep. Yeah, okay. Also, that, that kid most likely has a PC anyway. Sep- September 2017, Epic accidentally allows Xbox and PS4 cross-play in Fortnite. Disables it. There it is. Whoops. So, yeah, they keep looking into it, Sony. We're not sure how to make it happen now. You think it's going to be like the uh, the Steam app on uh, iOS thing where, like, they're just going to have to find a way to block purchasing certain things? Well, the problem is now they've dug themselves this hole where the accounts are, like, tied specifically, and now you have a bunch of people yeah. with two accounts, and Epic's going to be like, fuck that, we're not dealing with this. So, right. like... Even if Sony says it's fine, like they're based, Epic is going to make them do the legwork on this to be yeah. like, you didn't want to do this now. You can't just tell us to make it happen. You have to like help solve this problem, which is probably what they're looking into at this point. It's like, so we dug this hole. How do we get out of it? What you do is you enable it and then you make a commercial. That uses Nintendo's color and Xbox's color. And you put a tagline, like something that says, like, uh, better together. And then it turns like, blue. That was clever. That was really clever uh, on Nintendo's part. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the console wars. Because apparently that's a thing again. Except this time there's three people and two of them, or three consoles and two of them have teamed up. Yeah. It's very amusing, at least. I, if nothing else, and you know, Fortnite, it's a game like I take or leave Fortnite. Like it's it's fine I, for what it is. I've never played it. It's okay. Um, it's, it looks it's, like PUBG with World of Warcraft graphics, pretty much. And you could build stuff. And there's pinatas. I don't like that they took pinatas <laughs> from Viva Pinata. That makes me sad. <laughs> oh, that existed as a strong enough thing. No. You know, like, to not get stolen from. <laughs> it just makes me sad that that's, like, if there ever is another Viva Pinata game, people are going to be very disappointed that it's not a Fortnite thing. All the children are going to say, you ripped off Fortnite. Yes, that's how that's going to work. And <laughs> you damn kids. I'm going to feel old. Stop talking about Viva Pinata. <laughs> I want like another it. Viva. Yeah, I'd take a sequel of that. Though, I mean, there was a sequel, but, like, another one. There was? Another, yeah, Trouble in Paradise. That would be oh. a good Switch game. Just remake one of those and put them out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft and Nintendo playing together. Do it. It's a it's a great strategy for Microsoft, too. What if, what if Rare just made games for Microsoft and Nintendo, and that was their purpose? It would make everyone feel good again. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um Games would have ninety percent more tuba than they currently do. <laughs> so much Grant Kirkhope. Uh, it anyway. Take or leave Fortnite. It is an unstoppable force, and I'm glad that it is putting pressure on Sony to try and make crossplay happen. Because you look at the, you look at where we're heading, especially with like mobile games, and like. None of us are huge mobile game players, but there are a lot of people out there playing Fortnite on phones now. And They're all in China. <laughs> You're probably the biggest <laughs> and one everywhere. of us all. 
Are you playing it on mobile? Me? Not, I mean, I've played both of them on mobile out of curiosity. I just meant being a mobile game player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely are. Yeah, John's our mobile correspondent. Yep. For sure. Fuck. <laughs> um, Speaking of, that terrible Pokemon Quest game uh, came out for iOS. Nope. I've had it. Nope. Join me in hell. No. <laughs> that thing what was awful. Offer. I deleted it from my Switch. I still have it. I'm at the end. <laughs> anyway. It's going to be my shame game for sure. I'm glad that we are finally looking at this problem and calling Sony out on their bullshit because as mobile gaming is pushed, like becoming more and more of a thing and you're seeing more crossplay there, I think you're going to see more games trying to incorporate some sort of mobile version and crossplay to that because it is going to open up their sales like crazy. Yeah. Um, and to get on board with that, I think Sony will look around at everyone else and say, well, if we're opening it up here, then I guess we should open it up everywhere. As it turns out, when you make your customers happy, you know, that's kind of good for business. You know, everyone thought like, Microsoft had a really good press conference and like pretty much all of their decisions are like gamer focused and based now, which is, you know, I mean, they're losing. So, of course, they're doing that. But still, like you look at them and it makes me want to root for Microsoft to have better games and do well, because a lot of their decisions are beneficial to players. And I think that's a good way to run your business you know what i'd like for sony to do is take that approach to uh every game so like you got your console exclusive that's fine but if you've got a game on your platform that is a multi-platform game uh stop doing crap to it like locking destiny 2 uh you know content behind a a playstation exclusive year-long exclusive thing like just just let people who are playing this game that exists on multiple platforms have the same experience I feel across like every platform. You don't see a lot of that anymore except Destiny. And I feel like that is yeah. because they are locked into some sort of deal like forever because it of is, it. It is, but it, it's, it's the mindset that they had when they made that deal. And it's the mindset that's driving this too. That, this whole right. that was, keeping crossplay out. That was a big thing. Like it started with the like, here's the exclusive Xbox player. Here's the exclusive like Nintendo play like right that used to be a thing far more and then it became the well here's the exclusive thing that no one else gets and everybody hates that right and I feel like it has kind of gone away or you don't hear about it as much maybe that Mm -hmm. still exists in like the Call of Duty area and I just don't pay attention to it or like stuff like that yeah but make decisions based on making people happy and you'll sell more games making gamers happy not your executives happy yeah so you're telling me there's a chance for a vita 2 um <laughs> it's called the switch <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay like, hey, fans like this thing let's kill it yeah <laughs> we've opened up crossplay and we're proud to announce that the nintendo switch is now also called the vita 2 <laughs> Everybody's working together. Yeah. What? You said we could crossplay things. We're taking credit for that. We basically gave you all the indie games because we just dropped them all. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Brighter future for games. So I hope. Thanks, Fortnite. It's one of the good things you've done, I guess. The only positive contribution yeah. from Fortnite. I don't know about that. I think there are some po- there are some positives out of Fortnite. I'm trying to be an old man about this. <laughs> let me let me be. <laughs> don't get all the pinatas and the dancing. <laughs> no, no. The I mean, jumping people out seem of to be really into it, and I don't know. I played PUBG, so I get it. I, I get the. Oops. I get how the the game type is. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway, I think that's going to wrap us up for 
the future cast so we've been bottled future you can find all of our content at bottledfuture.com streams at mixer.com slash bottled fuchsia videos and archives of streams at youtube.com slash bottled fuchsia facebook and twitter at bottled fuchsia and thanks for joining me everyone see you bye see you yeah.